Armando Baycott is back and North Carolina snaps their four-game losing streak. The Tar Heels get their first ACC win, 75-59 to over the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. We're going to talk about it all right here on this live instant reaction on Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Isaac Shade, the host of Locked on Tar Heels. Welcome in, and we are so glad you're here to break down North Carolina's win over Georgia Tech on Saturday in the Dean Smith Center. Boy, it is good to be home. Right, folks? Yes, absolutely. Armando Baycott is back for the Tar Heels and has a great performance, albeit working his way back into shape. What we always like to do on these instant uh, takeaway game uh, recaps is I will give you several things that I loved about this performance for the Tar Heels or that I watched and saw um, and why I think they are important. And then I also uh, will take questions and, and we'll have some good conversation back and forth together. So that said, go ahead and drop in your questions into the chat. If you are not a subscriber to our YouTube channel, uh, go ahead and subscribe and then that will allow you to be able to comment in our chat stream. And so hop right on in and do that. So let's get into these takeaways. The first takeaway and the most important thing to me that happened in this game is something I've been talking about all week long leading up is North Carolina has done quite frankly, a terrible job of sharing the ball lately. The, the stat that I've been using all week is that the Tar Heels' single highest assist percentage this season in one game is 54.8%. That was against Portland on Thanksgiving Day. The Tar Heels, two years ago, Coach Williams last year, averaged a higher percentage than that for the entire season. Their single game high this season was lower than that. That's not a good sign. The last two games, Virginia Tech and Indiana, North Carolina, had a 25% assist rate. That's just not going to cut it. But here we go. <clears throat> the team comes out. They're doing a great job sharing the ball. And today, against Georgia Tech, a season-high 55.6% assist percentage. They had 15 assists on 27 made baskets. You love to see that Number And as we go in and look at the stat sheet, uh, five assists for Caleb Love to lead the way. And that is the biggest takeaway from all those assist numbers. It's got to be Caleb Love. Now, the, the issue is that he also had four turnovers, um, but you see all um, five starters plus, plus Seth Trimble had at least one assist uh, RJ and Seth each had three assists, and, and that actually gets into my second big takeaway from this game, is that Seth Trimble really was the steadying force down the stretch of the first half as Carolina was building their lead. He finishes the game with three assists, zero zero turnovers folks for Seth Trimble in this game, and that's exactly what you need. And in fact, down the stretch of that first half is when the, the Tar Heels really kicked it into high gear. They closed the first half on a 16-2 run, 11-0, um, to gain that 39-26 halftime lead. And a lot of that, for my money's worth, was due to Seth Trimble's um, 
capability to run the team there. And, and part of it is Caleb Love had three uh, of his four turnovers in the first half. And in fact, only played 11 minutes while Seth Trimble played nine. Coach Davis, thank you. This is what I've been waiting to see. If, if Caleb is not doing the things he needs to do, get Seth Trimble in there, let him run the show. But the good thing is that um, Caleb heard it loud and clear, comes in in the second half, and um, is more under control, has two of his assists, plays the entire second half. And so really interesting stuff there. So anyway, that is takeaway number two. I thought Seth Trimble really showed something during this down the stretch of the first half and maybe has given Coach Davis and the coaching staff a formula going forward for being able to allow their freshman guard to really lead and guide the way in running this team when needed. And you love to see that. Uh, the third thing, let's not bury the lead any longer. How important is it to have Armando back for this game? It's massively important. RJ Davis is the leading scorer, 22 points. Uh, in fact, a double-double. Second time this season, he's got up to 10 rebounds. Uh, and, and I'll go ahead and mention while I'm saying that, my favorite moment of this entire game was uh, there were a couple, maybe two minutes left, and there's a rebound that RJ is about to get for his 10th rebound. And he kind of got bumped aside. And so Armando wound up with it. And they both realized like immediately what had happened. You could see them go back and look at it. If you've got the game DVR or something, you can see the look that they give each other. It's like, bro, I had that. That was my 10th rebound. What are we doing here? But anyway, um, having Armando Baycott back in this game is massive. I was worried um, right out of the gate. He had um, uh, Carolina got the tip to start the game got um didn't get score any points but armando had i think one or two offensive rebounds on that possession came back down and blocked georgia tech shot on their first offensive possession interestingly with his left arm with his left hand um, but he he did look to be holding his shoulder right out of the gate there and i was like oh here we go oh man uh also look at this crazy head of hair i got going today anyway uh armando so i, I was worried but um, comes out is super efficient 21 points on eight of 16 shooting that's 50 percent for for a big guy I guess I said super efficient you'd like to see um, him more into the 60s uh, on that number but you'll you'll take it uh, does finish with 13 rebounds seven of those are offensive I mean that's just ridiculous uh, great job by Armando there but another thing that I love that Armando did you've heard me say and if you if you watch the game on TV, you heard the commentators talk about that Armando's had some some turnover issues this season. You look in his turnover column, what do you see? Big fat goose eggs, zero turnovers for Armando Baycott in this game. That is what Coach Davis needs out of him. Great, great, great. Um, so Armando, welcome back. And a couple notes on his performance. Armando uh, moved into third place on the all-time Carolina rebounding list today. That is insane. He's coming for you, Tyler Hansborough, and, and barring injury should easily get there. Uh, a couple other things. With his 10th rebound today, Armando Baycott now has 61 career double-figure rebound games. That ties Billy Cunningham, the kangaroo kid, for the most in school history. Speaking of which, he's also chasing Billy Cunningham in career double-doubles and now has 53, which again is obviously second 
in Carolina history. So you love to see that. Okay, last, uh, or, or excuse me, next big takeaway from this game is this. No Tar Heel played more than 35 minutes. I would love to get it even lower, but that is a win. The fact that nobody played 36, 37, 38 minutes as we see sometimes is awesome. Now, you want to have your best players on the court uh, for as long as possible, and so, so you're getting that. But 30 minutes for Pete Nance, 31 for Caleb Love, 34 each for Mondo and, and uh, RJ, excuse me, and then 35 for Leakey, who had the most minutes in the game. But you, you look down, and um, 15 minutes for Seth Trimble, 12 minutes for Puff Johnson. That's the thing. Th that's great. I would love to see more for them, a little bit less for the starters, and also more for others, including, uh, you know, get Tyler Nickel in more. Interestingly, once again, we have we did not see Dontrez Styles. Keep watching, folks. I'm just telling you, keep watching what's going on with Dontrez Styles. Um, and so great there to get fewer minutes. Now, speaking of the bench, that is our next big takeaway. Bench points for the Tar Heels. You had 10. Would love to see more than that, but hey, it is something. But the cool thing is every player that got in scored at least one point. Um, in fact, Leakey was the lowest, but Seth Trimble had four. Puff Johnson had two. Tyler Nickel had two. But the greatest thing is that with two minutes and 22 seconds, Jalen Washington checks in for the first time in his Carolina career. Welcome to the show, young man. Uh, Carolina has a possession, and then on their next possession, with just under a minute left, uh, they get a clear out for him in the post. Nice little turnaround, Jay in the lane, and bounces off the rim and down back in. So Jalen Washington, congrats on not only getting in the game for the first time in your Carolina career, but also scoring your first points. This is awesome, and you love to see it for this young man, and, and that's going to add some great depth for the Tar Heels um, in the post and as a team. Hopefully he can begin working uh, more into game shape and be ready to go with that. Okay, ready to start taking some questions from you guys in a little bit. So if uh, you haven't already started putting those in, please go ahead and, and do that. If you are not a subscriber to our YouTube channel and you want to get in on the conversation, just hit subscribe and then you will be given um, commenting privileges. You'll be able to get in and comment as well. So really quickly, before we turn to all of those conversations, let me tell you that this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, which is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer. Morocco, what? Love it. World Cup and esports, they've got it all at Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, folks, so let me look into the comments, start checking out your questions. We'll pop some of those up and we'll see what we're looking at. By the way, one more. Thing I do need to have us look at. I forgot to see how things turned out rebounding because, oh, yes, another massive takeaway. Carolina out-rebounded Georgia Tech today by 21. Georgia Tech only had 22 total rebounds. The Tar Heels almost fall one rebound shy of doubling up 
uh, Georgia Tech on the glass. Boy, that is what the Tar Heels needed. Georgia Tech only had one offensive rebound. They had 21 defensive rebounds. So that means Carolina um, had more defensive rebounds than Georgia Tech had total rebounds. Wow. Interesting. Okay, here we go. Let's get into the chat overlay and see what is going on there uh from matthew matthew always good to see you man thanks for hopping in says it's always a great day to get a win definitely a step in the right direction yes who surprised you the most in this game uh for me very interestingly i am going to say that it was uh, Armando. I know that sounds weird, but I just didn't know what to expect from him today. But boy, he went out and gutted out this performance. Um, as I said just a minute ago, I, I was worried about him off the top. It was already kind of grabbing at his shoulder to start the game. Um, and so, wow, what a performance by him. Uh, but if I had to go with a second person, it would be Seth Trimble. Because I loved what he gave to this team in the first half and, and running it. Um and I think perhaps it also surprised me because Coach Davis clearly um, was sending a message to Caleb by benching him, putting uh, Trimble in for the uh, almost as many minutes as Caleb played in the first half and just letting him run the show. And honestly, that stretch down the end of the first half was the best defense I thought Carolina played all day and was the most efficient Carolina played all day as well. Great question. Um Next one, coming here from Lamar Davis. What's up, Lamar? Glad you're here, brother. Says, I feel like we are 10 solid deep. Why does Hubert only play seven? So um, that is a great question. I mean, clearly at this point, it is um, becoming what he does to your question, right? All offseason, we heard promises from Coach Davis of, man, we got all this great depth this year and now, and we're going to use it in a big way. And that's just not been the case. Um there were nine that played, but of course, one of those was Jalen Washington, who only played the last two minutes of the game. Tyler Nickel played five. Um, and then, so that really means, to your question, there was only seven that really played um, substantial minutes, which includes no Dontrez Styles. Um, obviously, we know DeMarco Dunn is out with a broken hand, so that, that factors into that. I think with Jalen Washington in now, we might see this team go a legit eight deep with obviously Seth Trimble and Puff Johnson are going to get a ton of minutes, but um, especially if Armando is still working back into shape um, with his shoulder there. And, and don't forget has that tweaked ankle as well. Uh, Jalen Washington can be huge in the front court. Um, really interested to see the dynamic of how he plays alongside both Pete Nance and Armando Baycott. And so that is something to keep an eye on as well. Um, and so I, I, I am hopeful that as things continue to, to progress, we will see um, 8, 9, 10. Of course, as we firmly now get into ACC play after there's there's three more games, Citadel on Tuesday night, Ohio State next two, next Saturday, excuse me, a week from today in Madison Square Garden, which, by the way, if you're going to be up there, I'll be there. Would love to see you. And then uh, following that is Michigan in the Jumpman Invitational. But then it's ACC the rest of the season. And I think that's when we'll really see it be um, – seven, eight that get double digit minutes a game with some Tyler Nickel mixed in DeMarco Dunn. Once he gets back, which we're hearing is going to be around the end of the month. If things go as expected on his front, um, as for Dontrez styles, I don't expect to see much of him other than in a, 
pinch. Um, same, obviously, we didn't see any Justin McCoy today either or Will Shaver, and I, I expect that to be more the norm than not. Okay, um, from Nintendo Nerd, good to see you as always. I always struggle with your name, Nintendo Nerd. Nintendo Nerd, there we go, the Nintendo Nerd. In addition to seeing the players improve, Coach Davis improved. Love that. He brought Seth in to sit Caleb down when he wasn't playing well. That is how you should use your bench. Yes, Absolutely, 100%. I said that just a few minutes ago, but this is this is what I've been asking for, and I love to see Coach Davis doing it. If Caleb is not going to be doing what he needs to do or is capable of doing, maybe is another way to say it, then he's got to sit. That's the only way to get through to him is, is rip away playing time, and that's what Coach Davis did in the first half. 11 minutes for Caleb, 9 minutes for Seth Trimble. That's what's got to happen, and more importantly, is that when Caleb was out, Seth Trimble not only was like didn't hurt the team, he helped the team. And that's pivotal. When bench guys come in, they have to at least keep the status quo, if not play better than the starters. And that's exactly what Seth Trimble did. However, one area that uh, we need to touch on there while we're talking about Caleb is that as a team, another struggle from the three-point line for the Tar Heels. Three of 13 from deep, including most of that is Caleb, who was one of six. So that um, percentage for him is going to continue to plummet. He'll stay under 30%. No good there. The three <clears throat> threes came from Caleb hit one. RJ was one of two and Pete Nance was one of two. Um, and and want to mention that at some point, but the best possession of the game was the Pete Nance three. Go look at the, at the, um, ball movement on that possession so great point nintendo nerd that uh you love to hear that uh hey what's up arw1w5 great to see you says i think washington will be our best freshman boy that is bold i love to hear it uh could very well be true and accurate about this team um it's just hard to know um how good of game shape he's going to be able to get in and how quickly uh, you hope, I mean, the, the, the staff, both the coaching staff and medical staff has been working him along slowly, but well, so that when he comes in, he's ready to go. So obviously it's going to take a while to get into game shape, but do that. He will. Um, I, I mean, it's obviously for best freshman, it's between he and Seth Trimble. Will Shaver just won't see much playing time this year, um, making strides and you love to see it. Um, great young man. Uh, as for Tyler Nickel, he's going to get playing time, but it's going to be spot playing time here and there. So it's definitely between Trimble and Washington. Um, and I think Washington, particularly on a team that is struggling, struggling to hit three pointers, Jalen Washington, who can do that very well, thank you very much, is going to add a lot to this team. And so if he's able to come in and do that, he's going to see regular double-digit minutes game in and game out along with Puff Johnson and along with Seth, Seth Trimble. But Seth is not that shooter yet. Seth is the playmaker, distributor, defender. I mean, you continue to see his one-on-one -on -one defensive skills. It's just like there was a play. I feel like it was in the second half. Forgive me. I can't remember for sure. Somebody needs to come in and let us know in the comments. But um, he was on down like on the right block and a ball got loose on the left wing, sprinted out of nowhere to get it and took it back the other way. I don't even remember the result of the play. It was just him getting to the ball was wild and so love to see it um a lot of bench conversations um 
Yeah, more bench, so many bench conversations with a 19-point lead. Why no more bench action? Well, part of that was Carolina got out to a 20-point lead. Actually, I think I believe was the biggest lead of the game. And um, Georgia Tech hit back-to-back threes at that point to get it right back down to 14. And so there was just enough time left there where Coach Davis wasn't going to do it. Uh, it's just what he's doing um garrett clemens good to see you brother armando played a physical game proud of him yeah um you i'm like i would love to know right now what's going through his head i'm i know he'll say like ah yeah i'm, I'm good i'm doing okay whatever but i want to know what's going through his head and <laughs> literally the next comment after that um is i i honestly thought baycott should have rested one more game not knowing how his shoulder was and so man that is that is a real legit Thing. By the way, I've got the um, comment stream going now. And so as you drop in new comments, they should pop up there on the stream. Uh, Nintendo Nerd, another one here from you. Yes, not only um, did we need to talk about what RJ did leading everyone in scoring, but just his efficiency in this game. Um, 22 points to lead all scores on eight of 13 shooting one of two from three did miss a free throw. He's shooting a phenomenal percentage at the line that double double. We already talked about 10 rebounds, three assists did have four turnovers. So that's the one negative there um, and had a steal in 34 minutes. And so, uh, and I think part of that is once again, um, being able to play off the ball a little bit in the first half as as Seth Trimble took some of the reins of the team. And so um, that's great. You love to see it. Ray Melton says, why isn't Ty playing more? I assume you mean Tyler Nickel. And, and that's a great question. Only played five minutes in this game. A lot of it is, frankly, his defense um, isn't where it needs to be yet. And so um, like that was part of it. He played so much down the stretch of the Virginia Tech game last Sunday. Um, but they started kind of isolating him and, and picking on him when they were on offense. Uh, you saw a couple times today where he either got beaten off the dribble or wasn't able to get out on a shooter. And so I, I think that's really the only thing that's limiting him right now. His uh, one basket that he had was a nice shot. I thought it was in rhythm, um, kind of that same kind of deep mid-range that RJ is so good back. Boy, RJ Davis is one dribble pull-up to get by a defender is insane um garrett clement garrett good to see you. also says i think the passing was a lot better today absolutely it was we talked about it right off the top um and so i want to say something beyond just the assist numbers but once again for those who missed it early 15 assists on 27 made baskets the highest assist percentage this season and so that's fantastic news um but beyond just assisting on made baskets, like the the passing was crisper, uh, getting around. We I, I mentioned the best possession of the game for Carolina offensively was the possession that wound up with now uh, Pete Nance's three, and that was the best ball movement I've seen from Carolina. Passing up decent shots as defenders came flying to get the best shot, and that's absolutely what this team needs to be able to do. Um, Let's keep looking. Um, man, as I'm scrolling through, just being reminded of how good it was to get 
a win. Um, you see it pop up there in the stream from Knowledge Seeker 360, and um, I'm showing it down below as well from ARW1, W5. Styles probably won't be playing that much. We have Dunn, Trimble, Washington, Nickel, and Johnson that will be playing over him. I'm not expecting to see much of Dontrez Styles this year, this season, uh, for some other reasons uh, that I, I don't, I don't think he is going to continue to be um, a, a part of of what's going on. Um, I just from things that I have heard from some of my sources, I, I just don't. Um, just keep your eyes on news about Jalen or excuse me about Dontre styles. Let's just leave it at that for now. Um, uh, Nintendo, this game made me a full believer of Seth Trimble. I love his energy on both ends of the floor and want to see him get more minutes. Yes. More minutes, more trusting the entirety of the offense to Seth Trimble. Believe in that. Nintendo up in the chat stream also says, what were the offensive rebounding stats? I feel like we got more this game, but still need to improve. Yeah, absolutely got more. For those who, uh, Nintendo or others who missed it earlier, first off, <laughs> Georgia Tech had one offensive rebound in this entire game, only 22 total, so 21 defensive rebounds. Uh, Armando himself had seven offensive rebounds um so the Tar Heels as a team had 12 offensive rebounds 43 total uh and so plus um Georgia Tech had 22 Carolina had 43 so that's plus 21 on the glass yikes 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 um here's another one I'm bringing back in ARW1 again we need to get Nance the ball more he is our most consistent scorer um Man, there was a late shot clock situation, and um, the crowd is counting down, and everyone's kind of freaking out. He's just calmly operating down to the post, has a nice turnaround, um, hits it. Pete finishes um, with 11 points, only had four field goal attempts. And that, that I mean, that's the thing is um, you've got Caleb had 12 field goal attempts, RJ 13. 16, but Leaky also only four attempts. Um, uh, Pete Nance needs to have more field goal attempts in total, but let, let's do, I, I do want to praise this side of it is that he's playing very much within the rhythm of the offense, not looking to take too much. You, you heard him say all off season, I'm going to do whatever this team needs. And that's what, that's what he did in this game. Perfect from the line four for four, six rebounds, two assists, one turnover, um, in, in 30 minutes. And here's the kicker. He had the best plus minus in the game. Pete Nance did plus 22. That doesn't tell you everything, but uh, keep, keep it going. Um, so, so there you go with that. Uh, great uh, question here from Garrett. Jalen can shoot from the outside. think we can use him to stretch the floor. 100%. One of the big issues this team has dealt with is that like last year, part of what made the Iron Five such a dynamic offensive unit is because of Brady, right? Everyone else is, is still in there, but Brady's ability to stretch the floor, not clog the lane, did two things. It allowed Armando to operate without much around him. It also unclogged the lane for RJ and Caleb to get in as needed and either finish or kick out um to, to Brady or the other one of them who either wasn't doing it and so I think um because part of it right now if you want to do that you've either got to use leaky or puff at the four 
which obviously limits you some on your height. Um, because again, one of the big lineups that's been fantastic for North Carolina is a three guard lineup with either Pete Nancer or Armando at the five, but then you have to go a little bit small at the four with, like I just said, either Puff or Leaky. But if you could go three guard lineup with Jalen Washington at the four and either Pete or Armando at the five, not only are you now not sacrificing offense because Jalen Washington is a better offensive basketball player than either Puff or Leaky, you're in great shape. So Garrett, absolutely to your point, we can use that. Uh, Rob, this is a great question from Rob. Do you think Washington is a two-year player? I think it depends on just how much he's able to get into things this season. Like it, Again, he hasn't played basketball in so long. I mean, like professional organized basketball. Um, and so Jalen absolutely has the talent and skill set to do so. Like his his lower high school rating coming out is just because of his injuries. If he had been a healthy guy, he's top 20 easily in this class. And so I think because um, because of getting back into things, He's a two-year player, and also, assuming Armando leaves after this year, he could be featured in the post next year because also Pete Nance is gone, right? And um, you imagine my, my estimation at this point is that Carolina goes to get somebody else out of the transfer portal, like an, a, a Baycott body style to play in the post. But, man, Jalen could be awesome next year. And so at this point, yes, Rob, I would say that he is a two-year player. Um, here's another one from Garrett. Garrett dropping all sorts of good bombs today. Uh, I don't think we've seen the whole team together. Two of the best bench players are out. DeMarco and Jalen, thankfully, is back now. Still haven't played together. Going going to be much better bench. And that's the thing. I, I've also said this a lot this week. Yes, it, it hurt this four-game losing streak because a lot of it is the Tar Heels didn't play as well as they can or as they should have. However just keep remembering all the external things and issues that have gone on in that stretch. Being gone from home for so long, the injuries, the four overtime game, playing at 10 a.m. on Thanksgiving, having to go straight to Bloomington, getting in 5 a.m. on Thursday morning after Bloomington and having to turn around pretty quick and, uh, and go to Blacksburg last Sunday. This team is going to start gelling and congealing and getting everyone back. And part of that is going to be, honestly, I think with DeMarco's injury is unfortunate for him, but I think it's also going to cause him to lose some of the minutes he had when he comes back. Cause Seth was always going to have those eventually just because at this point in both of their lives, Seth is the better basketball player and probably more important to this team. Although DeMarco brings a lot and I think he has the opportunity to work back in when he's healthy. And so, yes, Garrett, this team has a lot coming for them. Um, uh, this is an interesting question from ARW1. This is for next year, but do you think Simeon's brother CJ on Nebraska might transfer here next year? So um, Simeon Wilcher is the highest rated uh, recruit for Carolina next year. It's he and Zayden High in the 23 class. Um, Simeon is a, is a guard, kind of a combo guard um, in the realm of what everyone is right now, but is an absolute stud. Anyway, what ARW1 is referring to here is his brother CJ is an upperclassman at Nebraska right now. 
And uh, so, yeah, I mean, in this day and age, when you can just leave and go, why not? It's like, hey, dude, let's play together. That'd be awesome. So I'm certainly not ruling it out, but a lot of it is dependent upon um, roster makeup and what the, what the team needs or doesn't need. And or, you know, you've got some guys right now on scholarship that, that aren't playing all that much. And so maybe like if it is a chemistry thing, Okay, you know, why not? So, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely a possibility for CJ to come here right now. Okay, we're getting into what you all see on the screen. Um, our bench is so unpredictable, Carson says. Yeah, that's the truth. Um, Nintendo, you can see, I think it's gone on the screen, so I'll, I'll pop it up here. It says, I'll take a lower amount of threes made if it means we are taking better shots overall. If we take good shots and play good offense, the threes will come in time. And that's the issue. A lot of the threes have been bad threes. Like, there was one um, early in the game, I think it was. I, first half, I can't remember exactly when. But Caleb took an early shot clock, difficult three that he could have gotten at any point. If he like, so it, it it's like, that is nonsensical. I need, yes, Caleb should absolutely be shooting threes within rhythm in the flow of the offense at points in the shot clock that makes sense. Right. And, and that's, that's so true. Um, and so, yes, as you continue the passing that we saw today, as you continue uh, moving the ball, moving the defense, which again, part of it is Georgia Tech is weird defensively. They they switch out into different defenses at random moments. I love how Josh Passner does that, um, but it, it does make things tough for a team to play against. Um, but yes, I, better days have to be ahead for this team as the three-point shooting team who is under 30% right now. I haven't um, added in the numbers yet um to see what the team percentage is after georgia tech but i'll look at that um a little bit later uh oh here this would be interesting what about a big lineup with davis or love johnson or leaky washington nance and baycott um that has potential in the right um scenario to roll with that arw1 um I think the the small ball lineup with like the three guard lineup is going to be more effective, but there could like when you're playing, say, like Florida State with all their length or playing Syracuse with all their length, there's a lot of possibility there for that to happen. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, if you have a guard and then either basically Puff or Leaky at the two or maybe even Tyler Nickel. Um, could do that because you don't want to lose too much offense. That would be the one thing I'd be worried about, but also the, the movability because um, I'm going to have to wait and see Washington where he's at with his mobility coming back from injury. Obviously Mondo can get out and guard with the right guys on the perimeter, but that, that would be a big hesitation with this is how, how are the guards able, or excuse me, how are the bigs able to hold up in ball screen action in that scenario? But Hey, in the rights, in the right uh, context, in the right game would love to see a big lineup. And that's part of the versatility I love with this team is I feel like coach Davis can go small with three guards and that be just dastardly. Let Seth Trimble or, and or leaky get all up in guys. Come on with that noise. I would love it. Um, stay vigilant. What's up? That's your first comment. Good to see you. Always love to have you chiming in. 
I'm still worried about the three-point line against tougher competition. Absolutely. I, I cannot fault that. I'm worried about the three-point line against lesser competition. <laughs> Frankly, I mean, that's what we're seeing. And it's already bad, but it, it, it's one of those things where it can only feel like it can go up. I mean, at some point, Caleb's going to get unlocked and he's going to start hitting. Um, RJ shot 50% from three today, but he only took two, <laughs> meaning he made one. Um, I'm, but was the leading scorer. And so that's the thing. If, if you're going to still be able to score and not have to take as many, Okay, as long as you're getting efficient shots, I'm good with that. Uh, Rob M says, maybe an out-of-the-box question, but what are your thoughts on the new charge blocking rule? I personally hate it. Um, I'm, I'm wondering specifically what you mean. Um, like, are, are you talking about like the restricted circle that's come in in the past couple of weeks. Let, let me know specifically what part of the rule you're talking about. Um, with, with, if it is that, um, I like the rule itself because it protects um, like the offensive players in a lot of ways um, from taking weird falls. It, it, I'd, like, cause what I hate is when a defender just slides in last second and gets uh, like, that's crap. Come on. Um, but what I don't like is them not reviewing it. Like going back to the Alabama game, there was a play in one of the overtimes where Caleb was whistled or maybe it wasn't overtime. I can't specifically remember. I feel like it was the Alabama game. Caleb was whistled for a charge on a play where the Alabama defender was clearly inside the restricted arc and it wasn't called um and so i mean overall rob like my thing with the charge blocking calls is that it's so inconsistent from ref to ref i feel like they don't all adjudicate it the same and and that's what makes it difficult you just never know um i feel like they get um a lot of times i think they get tricked because a player you know the head flop back man I just got whiplash on that. I need somebody to come. Oh, here we go. Rob says, I'm specifically talking about how they're allowing flopping and not giving many flop warnings. Yes. Okay. That side of the new rule. So this year, if you're not aware, um, there are no flop warnings given. Um, if you are whistled for a flop, it is an automatic technical one uh, free throw. You don't get two in the, uh, in the ball. You get one technical free throw out of that. Um, like I'm okay with them trying new things. I, it's just frustrating because... I just feel like refs and I get it. It's a fast game. Aren't good. Like, I think they get sold a bill of goods all the time and they don't know what's an actual flop and what's not. I feel like they get cheated on that. What team was it? Carolina. Was it Charleston that was just like selling every call in the book. And so, yeah, Rob, to that point, I'm out. I hate it. <laughs> uh, needs to let love play off the ball period. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Uh, Carson Hooper, RJ is the most important piece to come back next year. Listen, it's going to be a loaded backcourt. Keep your eyes on that because if RJ does come back, which I think he should, I'd love to see a Carolina backcourt of RJ not having to defer at times to Caleb. I Because this should be RJ's team, but it's not, he's not, Caleb's not letting it happen and he needs to. RJ needs to be the one um that runs the show 
or now Seth, man, I'm all in on Seth running the show after what we saw today. But um, keep in mind, this backcourt is going to be loaded. You're going to have RJ. You're going to have Seth, assuming he doesn't leave, and assuming also that RJ doesn't leave. And Simeon Wiltshire coming in, and that dude ain't sitting on the bench. So uh, keep an eye on the backcourt. Maybe another three-guard year. Um, Garrett, what did you say here? Not a question, but I love the shoes every morning and all the post games. Thanks for all the content, Isaac. Man, it is my pleasure, you guys. I love to be able to do this, to chat with you um, and and come in and be going, I, what do you mean, Garrett, about the shoes? Do I post my shoes and I'm forgetting? I, I'm just not sure what you're referencing there. Say more about it. But love getting to get in on all the post games and have these conversations with you guys. Um, keep connecting. Keep being part of what we're doing. Um, Carson says, here's another good one. Will we go back to the top? Says uh, top 25 um, is the next comment to follow up. You can see it there on the screen. Will we go back to the top 25 if we win the next two? Well, Georgia Tech is a sub 100 Ken Palm team. I believe last I looked, they were like 122, maybe it was. Um, oh, shows, Garrett. Yes, I see. <laughs> I'm so glad, man. So glad it's beneficial to you. Um, love everyone tuning in and being a part of the shows, both whether you watch here on YouTube or where you whether you listen um, on the regular old uh, audio podcast form. So honored uh, to get to be part of your Carolina journey, everyone. Um, and, and so it's just a joy for me. Um, Carson, to your question about getting back into the top 25, Georgia Tech's not a great team. Citadel, who Carolina plays on Tuesday, is on paper the worst team Carolina plays all season. They're outside the top 200 at Ken Palm. Every team Carolina has played so far is top 200 at Ken Palm. So there's that side of things that you got to be aware of. Um, now, next Saturday, the game against Ohio State um, is the next quad one opportunity. As of now, Carolina only has six more quad one opportunities on their schedule. And so winning that game would be massive and might help. Um, but I, we're just going to have to wait and see on the top 25 this week. Carolina still had one vote, uh, which is silly. They should not have had any votes, but um, they'll start to inch their way back up. But you got to string together these wins after losing those four in a row, even though you all and I know the external issues that went on to contribute to that four game losing streak. A lot of the voters around the country just don't know and see all that. They're not taking the time to check in. And so it's going to be a while before people trust the Tar Heels. So, in order to get back to the top 25, you got to string more games together. All right, um, folks. Here is the last thing. Where was it? From the Nintendo Nerd. I saw this and just wanted to pop it up as the landing mark. It says, agreed, this was a good win, but we need to show this performance consistently from now on. And that's the thing. Great job. Great. This... Uh, I haven't thought through this, but I think I believe what I'm about to say, that this is the most complete performance for the Tar Heels so far this season um, because they were they were ready and going from the beginning, I believe got out to a 7-2 lead. And there were a couple little tiny lulls, but nothing that um, nothing where I felt like they had any big lapses. I thought the entirety of the game was where it needed to be. So as of right now, and... And I'm, I'll talk about it Monday if I think on Monday show if I think differently. But this was the most complete performance for the Tar Heels 
this season. And so um, that is what you build on. You continue to have, I thought the defensive effort was great today. Um, I thought the, there was much better ball movement as we've talked about that assist percentage was high. And so, man, great stuff there. But as Nintendo says, you got to build on it. You got to like, Here's the thing, Tuesday against Citadel, you got to get to 100 and you got to beat them by 30 or 40 points. And it's got to be beginning to end a floor waxing for the Tar Heels. That's what we're waiting to see. And I can't wait to see it. Hope you all will tune in. We'll have a post game after Citadel on Tuesday night. Make sure you're here, uh, have your questions ready, and we'll dive in. I might even see if our guy, Coach Pat Kilby, can join us for that. Obviously, he'll be with us on Wednesday's show to unpack the game, but would love to have him in that uh, in our live post game like this as well. Hope you all have a great Saturday. Um, <laughs> what do you think UNC football will do with the transfer portal? Uh, more on that coming this week for sure. Lots of stuff there. We got to get an offensive coordinator first. That's the thing. Okay. Um, by the way, while uh, while this has been going on, uh, Alabama knocked off number one Houston, and so I believe we will see a new um, a new number one on Monday, pending what happens. And I think it's going to be UConn. They're the most impressive team in the country to me right now. Been tracking a lot more nationally. Um, I don't know if you're aware, I've started co-hosting Locked On College Basketball. And so we'd love for you to tune into that show as well, where we talk about teams from all over the nation. But should be a new number one on Monday, and I believe it will be the UConn Huskies. A great Saturday of basketball today. Another fantastic Saturday of basketball next week. Make sure you tune in for that. And again, if you're going to be in New York for the game, would love to meet you as well. All right, folks, we're at 45 minutes. We have been going. Great to be with you as always, and it's a great day to be a Tar Heel, right? Until Monday, peace. Peace.